my camera. All right. Well, um, my apologies if there is static in some of these episodes. As uh, I realize if I put my phone near the uh, Zoom H4 and the microphone I use to uh, um, record this thing, uh, it does uh, pick up some static. And as a result, you might hear some uh, interference every now and then. And I think usually, yeah, sometimes I can be very laissez-faire about uh, where I put the cell phone, uh, given that I no longer use it as a uh, main recording device anymore. It's now used as my secondary. So... My apologies if there's static. Uh, that's uh, that's me putting the cell phone near the um, the, uh, the microphone and causing interference. Finally, time to think. Automation, setting up a time machine, <laughs> organized coins, Chinese listening, and dinosaurs. Did they just eat all each other all the time? Basically, folks. It is Thursday, January eighteenth, two thousand twenty-four. I'm Stephen Sersky, uh, Canadian expat. Here in uh, Beijing, China, I've been doing this daily audio podcast for about three years. And this last week or so, has if you've tuned in in the last week or so, boy, you've heard me had a very good time. Uh, and by that, I mean, uh, still no money in, deposited into my bank account. I've been going back and forth. Actually, I stopped. I can't talk to them anymore. I'm, I'm coming off of my lividness. But uh, as of yet, four or five days later, still have not received a deposit from the money that I put into their account, into their service three weeks ago for them to send to Canada. Still nothing has gone, uh, come back to me. I asked for a refund on Friday and they still haven't been able to figure it out. It's just horribly aggravating to tell you the truth. So if you ever think you're going to use this Sky Remit uh, in China to uh, send money overseas, my suggestion, if you're committed to trying it out, send a small amount. I, I, I'm talking like a thousand RMB, something that you could afford to not care about for weeks and months on end until they figure out all these accounting degree major people until they can finally figure out how to actually at, put the numbers into the right fields to send it to your account. Because uh, uh, sending them that much money was just a horrible mistake on my behalf that I really should have been a little bit more wary of um, making sure that it went went of doing it in smaller chunks. Uh, so bothersome. Anyway, I had some fun, uh, time time to think uh, since I have uh, today, tomorrow, and Saturday and Sunday off, actually. Next week, I guess I'm going to be working quite a bit. But uh, overall, today was, I actually sat down, uh, did some thinking, did some automating, actually. I spent hmm, between 9 and 1.30, 9 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. tinkering with Automator and various keyboard shortcuts and stuff like that. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before, trying to automate a lot of my workflow uh, to varying degrees of success. I've had more success using hotkeys than I have with triggers or uh, like macros. So some of the hotkeys that I have, so the hotkeys actually trigger a bunch of macros. And so a macro is just this program or a series of events or things that you do on a computer uh, that uh, the computer can do on its own. If you just uh, press a certain combination of keys, then it will do it automatically. So those are called, called hotkeys, and they can trigger a macro to work. Now, I've been working on this for a while because I wanted to make it easier for me to do this podcast. Uh, specifically, I wanted to automatically upload to my website, but that doesn't seem to be working anyway because the MP3 won't go through anymore. Uh, so instead, I've decided to do it mostly on my computer. So on, on this side of the uh, the web, 
my, my home computer. And by that, by doing that, I have taken out some of the steps that I've needed to uh, focus on, to, to do repetitively. So number one, I've automated the um, compressing into MP3 and filling in the meta fields. So that's been all automated. Uh, the other thing I automated just today was, so this was my big success. Uh, I was able to clean up the downloads folder and move certain files to certain folders. So since I generate so many podcasts, I could, there's three or four different, um, what do you call, files per daily podcast. There's the, the logic project, there's the WAV file, the MP3, and the, uh, uh, the album art. So those four things, and they start to build up and they get mixed up into uh, my downloads folder. So finally, what I wanted to do, uh, you might think, well, why don't you create a download folder action that whenever it downloads into the folder, uh, into, the, into your downloads folder, it'll get put into a separate folder. The problem is, is that the downloads folder is kind of, I've treated it kind of like the working mess hall, right? So you walk in there and you see something that needs to be done, you action it, you, you deal with, this is something that at some point I'm going to have to deal with, but I don't have time. And if I put it into another folder, I won't know where it goes. So the download sort of acts as an active work desk. These are the projects that I'm working on right now. Um, short-term projects typically. So they might take a day or something like that. And then once I finish with whatever it is, they get put into a folder or deleted. And I should probably delete more stuff to tell you the truth. Uh, and then uh, they get archived in that way. Um, so with the, what it would be nice to have with this podcast and some other podcasts that I download is just a method to uh, trigger a cleanup of the downloads. All this, all these file names get um, cleaned up um, so I don't have to look at them anymore in my downloads folder. Finally figured it out. It took me four and a half hours. Uh, it did. Uh, again, I was following the guy on MacMost.com, uh, but there was also another couple. Uh, his He was trying to show me a shell script uh, in one of his videos, but the shell script wasn't working. And I think it stopped working at, at uh, Big Sur, and I am, I'm at Catalina, I think, or Monterey. Which am I on? I don't know. I can't remember. Not the latest. Not the, I'm on the third latest one. So I'm not on Sonoma, and I'm not on Ventura just yet, uh, which I probably should upgrade, to tell you the truth. Uh, and uh, so it worked. I did try to create another folder action where it would sort the podcasts. Didn't work. I'll be happy with it now that I've got an extra two uh, hot triggers or hot keys that I can use, some triggers that I can uh, use to clean up the downloads. It does save me a little bit of time, not a lot, but it does mean that they are automatically categorized uh, in certain folders. And it makes it just easier for uh, archiving later on. Now, the good thing is that it did work. Second of all, second of all is that it... Uh, I can further refine this. Like if I, now that I know how to create these folder actions, I can then redo this step by step. I was going to do that today. And I'm like, you know what? I should probably do something else today. I've been sitting in front of this computer four and a half hours, five hours, uh, tinkering away on this automator program. Uh, and I am still using automator. I'm not using keyboard maestro or hazel as another one uh, that uh, people use for folder actions, which, you know, for 45 bucks, uh, maybe, Maybe it's worth doing it because people have said Automator was good when these programs weren't here. But now that there's other programs that you can use for this stuff, it's almost easier just to spend the money, buy the program, 
and not use Automator for those types of things. You can use Automator to call like Apple scripts and shell scripts and stuff like that and some other sort of, uh, and also voice commands, which I have not gone into yet, but there is a, a nifty sort of feature of uh, triggering your computer with voice commands uh, using Automator. Automator is being phased out and replaced with shortcuts, which I find even more horribly complicated than Automator. Uh, there are very few people talking about how to do actual shortcuts. There's one guy I found, uh, Matthew Casanelli. He has some massive library of uh, shortcuts that you can use on Mac OS or Mac iOS. Uh, but uh, it's like, what do I, how do I even find what I need sort of thing in that massive category of uh, ma massive catalog of stuff. So overall, got some, got some, some things done. And uh, very happy. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually a little bit happy that I was able to um, finally figure out how to sort my downloads folder at least a little bit because there were two or three, um, yeah, there's three or four different podcasts I listen to, a newspaper I download on a regular basis, and then, of course, my own podcast that needs to be sorted. Now you're going, well, how do you remember all your hotkeys? That's a good point. Well, this one I actually, uh, so the working hotkeys for podcast production are typically on the left side of the keyboard and the cleanup functions are on the right side of the keyboard. So that's sort of how I've uh, uh, set it up. And if you're wondering, oh, well, Steve, what if I come over and, you know, touch your keyboard and try to do something? First of all, make sure you wash your hands after. <laughs> Second of all, uh, you won't because you'd have to know which combination of keys to do. And I, I did make it. I made it complex enough that I can remember to do it but not so complex that it's like you would have to know some secret password. You don't No, It's easy enough that uh, you can remember which ones it is, but it's not, but it's hard enough that you can't trigger them accidentally, which is uh, I think also very important. Finally, setting up some, uh, a time machine backup. I've never done this before, but uh, one of my hard drives started blinking red lights the other week. And I was like, that don't look good. So I should probably back this thing up. Well, I don't really want to buy an SSD drive, another one, because there, I mean, I guess I could, that one is roughly a year old. All my drives are still pretty young. Uh, and I don't know about you, but depending on a drive for more than a few years, uh, it gets kind of dicey. I have manually backed up things before, but uh, I find that I'm starting to get a little bit, I'm not as disciplined. And it takes a lot of time, to tell you the truth. So I decided to do the time machine route. I bought a uh, five terabyte drive that I've just, I, I'm going to set it to go tonight and hopefully it finishes by tomorrow. It's got to back up about two or three terabytes worth of stuff. And you're going, Steve, what the hell do you do? And again, podcasts, um, this podcast generates maybe a gig every day. Um, maybe 750 megs of maybe 500 megs, maybe 750 megs per day. And I'm doing 25 episodes a, a, a month. Uh, and then I have the big podcast as well. Those, So these are all going on the working drive, which is an SSD uh, hard drive. And that that was the one that started flashing red. And I'm like, I'm like I should probably back this up because I just don't want to lose that much work at this time. All of my language blog stuff, there's other work that I have on there. So um, the there's enough stuff on there that's accumulated that to sit down and back it all up would just be like, now I'm wasting time. This is... Again, if I'm all automation, pro automation, then let's let's do the time machine thing. So I have a backup. I'll plug it in uh, every now and then, and that way I have something that is constantly backing up uh, the uh, the working drive that I have. So 
finally got that uh, in the works. Organized coins, <clears throat> WTF. Travelers, backpackers, expats. I'm sure we've all done this. We come back, or not even we come back from where we uh, travel to, we <clears throat> we sort of think, oh, well, it would be nice to keep this. Now, like a coin or a bill, That's that looks neat. And what do you do with it? You shove it in a drawer and you never look at it again, right? And you come across it years later and like to get it sort of uh, converted into your currency would cost more than it's worth. And you're probably never going to go back there anyway, or at least not anytime soon. It's not worth the flight uh, to go. I'll book a flight back to the country to spend the $5 bill that's in my uh, my cupboard, right? No, you're not going to do that. I have always had it in my mind that I kind of want to have a coin collection uh, of uh, like travel coins that I've, that I've done. So I was going through them today, and I finally, like, uh, I have this coin binder that I've had sitting in my apartment for a long time. and But I've never really sort of sat down to collect all of the different coins that I have. Now, I know for a fact there's a uh, canister of coins in Canada from my other travels. The ones I have here are ones that are sort of, uh, that I have had as I've accumulated traveling around China, like around places from around China sort of thing. Uh, so I'm looking at this going, well, I got to finally do this. And so I finally did. I have a whole uh, bunch of old, um, like they're not old, we're talking like five, six years, right? But bills, yi uh, jiao, wu jiao. So these very, like they're, they replaced these paper monies. Wu jiao was like a penny, basically. Wu jiao was like five cents, like a nickel. And they replaced the, that paper money with, um, not well it's, it's metallic but i'm not it might be plastic <laughs> i don't know they replace them with coins rather than paper bills uh in an effort to sort of uh prevent uh, counterfeiting now i have a bunch of those so i put those all in uh, they're grubby they're gross uh, they're all they're all in the, the binder now and these coins i was going through them uh the china japan i think i have one coin from the philippines i have some from kyrgyzstan canada and the European Union. So those are the ones, and Hong Kong. So those are the, like seven different types of coins. And I was like, it'd be really neat to sort of sort of put these away and keep them sort of thing, like organized so they're not just like, hey, look at this bag of coins. Why don't you just throw this out already? No, no. I even washed them first. I, I put them, I rubbed them with alcohol and then uh, rinsed them in uh, distilled water as well. So I would not use Chinese tap water, Beijing tap water to do it because it's corrosive. I would use distilled water. Now you might ask, why are you using alcohol? It they're current, they're circulation coins anyway. The I mean, they've seen worse than what I'm putting them through. Um, whether or not these things will be worth anything, I was thinking the only thing that would make any of this worth anything is simply that it survives. So you think of like <laughs> you think of like ancient Roman coins or ancient Greek coins. I mean, or any coins in the last couple hundred years. They're not worth very much. They don't. It's not like someone. Oh, it's not like someone in 1750 kept a coin to pass down along to their heirs. First of all, probably didn't happen. Second of all, they probably could have used it for more. Third of all, those coins they just through accidents, fires, uh, negligence. Like they get lost. They get burned. They get dropped into sewers. You know, things like that. They things like that. Unless you make an effort to actually preserve them but even still in preserving them you know, binders get lost things go missing i mean don't come to my apartment and steal shit i'll be fucking pissed don't get me wrong but uh the 
these coins, like you'd have to hold on to them for years. We're talking 50, 60, 70 years, 100 years. And someone would find like, oh, you, you, oh, look at this old binder of coins from China. I wonder what they're worth. Oh, they're worth $5 each. <laughs> How much did it cost to move that binder from place to place? <laughs> the security involved, not that you're securing uh, circulated coins anyway, circulation coins anyway, etc. I mean, again, they're only going to be worth something because they survive time. They are intrinsically worth only their face value. If anything, maybe less possibly. The uh, different circulation coins are often made with a cheaper material. Uh, not only that, since they've uh, been scratched up and everything like that, they are they you'd be collecting them for not nostalgic so much, but for antique purposes. You wouldn't be these are not value coins at all. Uh, none. So, uh, but it was neat to have it all sort of organized. And now I sort of have a better idea of how I want to organize them. So if I do ever go back to Canada to get these coins, I can either bring them back or finally organize them in Canada as well in a certain way so I can uh, look through them. I think it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. Now, now the, uh, the question is, do you put the date first or the uh, the face first? So, so the, uh, the heads or the tails? Which one do you, the face of it or the rear side of the, uh, the coin? I started putting... I started with the face up, but then I'm like, no, no, no. I want the date first because that's the sort of thing that, because a lot of them, especially the Chinese coins, they all look the same. <laughs> it just gets boring. I'm like, okay, there's a sheet sheet of Chinese coins. And if you're reading it right to left, right? So if you're flipping the pages, going right to left, uh, flipping it from the right side to the left side, you want to see the dates first because that's what you'll see first. And then you can look over and see, okay, well, all the designs are exactly the same. Finally, so uh, Chinese listening, booming by Cyberpink and Da Bo Fu Wa, I think it is, or Fu Wa. This one was interesting. I did not know. I, I kind of, um, so for those of you not uh, in the know, I'm doing this Chinese listening challenge, whereas in every, I've picked a target of 50 hours to listen to Chinese by the end of January. And I'm at about 21 hours, 22 hours or somewhere around there. So maybe less. I can't remember. But I do need to do more. It's basically an average of about three hours a day, which should be possible given that I, I live at home and I, I, I work from home. I get, there's nothing really um, holding me back from this. But uh, one issue that I found is that I don't listen to, the, do I listen to this much stuff in English? And so if I were to maintain my current English listening and my targeted Chinese listening, that's a lot of abuse to your eardrums if you're using headphones all the time. That's a lot of noise just going on all the time. You're always having something in the background. I like my quiet. I like my silence. It's nice and peaceful. It's, I don't want someone always nattering in my ear all the time, right? Am I wrong on this one? So I set this uh, Apple podcast to uh, to go and to... to it's like since you listen to this, you might be interested in this. And there's da da bo u da bo fu wa or gua wa. It must be wa. It's like doll, I think. Uh, and I don't know the translation of. It. I forgot to look up the translation. I wonder what this. Uh, I wonder what Apple will say this is. I don't think it gives a translation. Can I translate? Big bo u fa bo fu wa big bo fu wa. 
my goodness, they probably laugh. If they ever, if they hear that I'm talking about them, they're probably laughing. This one was all about a bunch of women, young women, young ladies, talking about their kinks. <laughs> their kinks. Their their sexual proclivities. I didn't really know what they, like. At first they started and I was like, what was that the word? And then they dropped the BDSM word. I'm like, oh, okay. oh <laughs> it's one of these podcasts. They've only done three, so I'm not sure how, how long they're going to sustain this, but uh, uh, certainly interesting to hear a bunch of young ladies. I'm assuming that they're not in China. I'm assuming that they're overseas. Uh, if They're probably students uh, living out, uh, living somewhere else where they can um, have such good audio and talk about these things. So yeah, I did manage to get about two and a half hours uh, done today of uh, Chinese listening. Not three hours, but hey, we'll... Uh, Keep on, uh, keep on going. And finally, dinosaurs. Shou jiao lei kong long. These are the, um, not the theropods, the, the, the claw. Uh, I don't know. The, the hand, feet, uh, dinosaur, dinosaurs, reptiles, things. T-Rex, Velociraptor, uh, things like that. I couldn't help but wonder. I, these not that I'm reading this to, to learn about dinosaurs so much as I'm trying to learn the vocabulary of dinosaurs and how dinosaurs moved around. This book actually has pinyin in it as well, not just the the Hansa. One page has pinyin and the other page, uh, so one, one page has a pinyin and Hansa in one paragraph, and then there's another uh, side of it where they give you extra information, but there's no pinyin. So I'm not sure why they did that. And it's a kids book, so I'm not sure why they um, put it in that format, uh, but. I couldn't help but think that these these dinosaurs they basically all spent time just hunting each other and with the t-rex and there's another bigger one uh that uh eats t-rexes and stuff like that they, did they where was the sort of point where you could safely sit there and go you know what i'm the king here no one's gonna get me no one's gonna eat me no one's gonna come over here and bite my foot off or take my tail off no it's not gonna happen because I am the I am the Mr. Big Man around here. Does, does, does it happen in the dinosaur world? It doesn't look like it. It sounds like there's every corner there was a threat that something would eat you if you were a dinosaur. Even though you could be a massive T-Rex. Well, if there was other T-Rexes around. I mean, they weren't all like in a brotherhood or anything. Hey, it's up, bro. Okay, oh, you're noshing on this dinosaur? Let me uh, let me sneak a bite. No. It's like, hey, bro, that's mine. And they fight. They bite each other and a bunch of times, and that's it. One T-Rex walks away. The other one doesn't. Joins the food pile, basically. Oh, I don't know. There you go. These are the thoughts that I have when I'm reading dinosaur books. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks are available up on my website, stevenskirsky.com. Have a good one out there. And don't forget, check out skirskymusic.bandcamp.com for all that creative audio that you're like, say what? You do what? That's what I do. Have a good one. Thanks again. We'll do this again. Bye-bye.